0: Hello beautiful people, welcome to the Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. This is your host, Bea, entrepreneur and small business coach and founder of Be A Boss Coaching. Today's episode, you'll hear from Alexa Juanita Jordan. She is a life coach, writer, marketing consultant, and executive director of the Juanita James Memorial Scholarship Fund, where they provide scholarships to college students from the Bronx housing projects. She is truly incredible. I'm so excited that I had the chance to speak with her. She's a native New Yorker, and I'm so excited for you to hear all about her journey. If you've ever felt misaligned, this episode is for you. But before we dive into the episode, if this is your first time being here, welcome. You can find out more about me at beabosscoaching.com. And I encourage you to come get on my newsletter where I share the latest episodes, new blogs and opportunities that you'll hear about first so i share my overall journey as a former social worker turned small business and entrepreneur coach and i hope that you get so much from it trust me i go into my newsletter i share just my own experience and thoughts and insights that i've learned all right enjoy the show all right. Hi, Alexa. Welcome to the Be a Boss Coaching Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Can you introduce yourself and your, what your business does? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be
1: here. So I'm Alexa Anita Jordan. I am a life coach, writer, marketing consultant, and the executive director of the Juanita Dance Memorial Scholarship Fund. So a couple of different hats that I wear. Um, as a life coach, I work with people to bridge the gap between their inner and outer worlds to live more authentic lives. As a writer, I have a weekly blog called Wild Cozy Free that is an exploration I call of the self underneath all of my roles and getting at some of the authenticity of my own life and embodiment of, you know, inside out. I also have written three full-length plays about mental health, Me Too movement, and abducted rights as well as some shorter-length plays about racial injustice, COVID-19 pandemic, and some different topics there. As a marketing consultant, I work with other business individuals like yourself to really amplify their brands so that they can focus on doing what they love and spend less time on Instagram with the metrics and the captions and on Canva, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then as executive director of our scholarship fund, I, I run the nonprofit, and we provide scholarships to kids from the Bronx Housing Projects, memory of my late grandmother, Ronnie James, and they're given scholarship stipends um, for at least four years of college education. So anyone in the Bronx housing projects here in New York City is eligible
0: to apply. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. How, how, I, I mean, I don't know how you do it all. I, I'm oh. always so curious how people that have this much experience and so much going on, is able to navigate and I'm sure we'll get into it but I want to hear more about your overall entrepreneurial spirit because everything that you're doing requires a level of creating and you're creating a Mm -hmm. lot from scratch. Can you tell me more about what brought you to the intersection of where you are right now with all the different roles that you have? Yeah,
1: that's such a great question. And thank you so much. I it's very much, you know, day to day. I don't feel like I am you know, doing something for each thing every single day. It's not like, okay, like nine to ten I'm a life coach and ten to eleven I'm this and you know, there are different seasons as yeah. a business owner and as an individual. So definitely not spinning all the plates every single day at once. Mm. Um but you know, I I didn't own the identity of being an entrepreneur until somewhat recently. I think, you know, there's that imposter syndrome we have, I think, as women, as people of color, that, you know, even when you are an entrepreneur, sort of stepping into these places and saying, yeah, actually, that, that is what I'm doing. Before I had a life coaching business and before I was writing a scholarship fund, when I was just writing, I say just, you know, putting myself down there mm-hmm. writing and doing my marketing consultant. I was an entrepreneur in those ways as well, but I wasn't always owning those things. And I think that had something to do with my inner and outer worlds being misaligned in that way, because in my heart, I've always had multiple passions. I've always had my hands in different pots and run to different things, but it took me a while to to get to this place and to realize all of that. Um, when I was younger, you know, I saw Wicked when I was eight years old, you know, picture me, um, winter break. It's my first day after like third grade. I did not want to go. I was super tired. <laughs> I wanted to go home, play with my Barbies, which I totally am embarrassed by now. love Barbie, but like back when I almost didn't see Wicked, it's like crazy. Yeah. And it was acting for me from mm-hmm. that day on because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be an actor. I saw Dina Menzel as Alphaba. And I didn't even know who she was until years later because I saw her so holy as Alpha in that role. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be an actor. I wanted to fly. I wanted to tell stories. I wanted all of these things that are wrapped up in acting. But, you know, acting is not the only career where you can tell stories and have this whole dynamic life where you do multiple things. But that was the first thing. And the first occupation, I think, that encapsulated a lot of my inner desires as a child. So I held on to that. Hmm. And as an actor, you know, that was kind of the first time that the idea of entrepreneurship was seeded into my brain because, you know, actors are the CEO of their businesses and they're also the marketing consultants and they're also the vice presidents and everything. Hmm. And that phrase, especially, you are the CEO of your own business the first time someone said that to me was when I was around, like, 15 years old, and I remember being very terrified by that, mm-hmm. and, you know, very much, like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody else, like, <laughs> help me with this.
0: I mean, at 15, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and even sometimes now, I'm like,
1: this is a little scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's we're we're, like, twice that age. I'm twice that age. I'm still not, yeah.
1: Literally. And I sometimes still feel like that 15 year old girl, but you know, at the same time on the other side of that fear was excitement and empowerment and like, oh, I'm in charge of making the decisions and I'm in charge of my intuition and I'm in charge of crafting my own road. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you know, I I went on to different things and of course stopped acting and there are different parts to my story, but that seed was planted very young. And I think that, you know, you know, kind of finishing up my story here. I went on to act through college at Vassar college. It was so wonderful and everything I wanted it to be. And yet after college, I realized, "Mm, I'm not sure though. Like, and that was devastating yeah. because you spend your whole life thinking you're going to do one thing. And when you're early in your early 20s, you think you have to have everything figured out. And you're like, oh, my God, like, what's going on here? Right. But that entrepreneurial spirit, I think, let me pivot and figure other things out and think, OK, well, it's not this maybe it'll be that and that and that and so that started off my journey um so i rambled a little bit there but i think that the entrepreneurial spirit sort of manifested in my life in different ways but there was sort of a a call to action and a like little voice inside of me that day that sort of like i could have looked back and said to that young girl like yeah you're gonna really you know run your own business one day But yeah, at that moment, even though she didn't know that, there is a way that she sort of like collected lessons for me to use later.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really intrigued by what you said around our inner and our outer worlds. Can you say more about what that means for you and what that looks like in your life as you're coming to a place where you're like embracing like you said you just started thinking about embracing this identity what does it mean to bring those two worlds together
1: yeah Ah, I love this question I love this question so much (laughs) so put it kind of simply before I get into what means to me the outer inner world conflict is like I spend all my time doing x but I really want to do y I had a lot of success in x but I'm kind of curious about this it's like if you were to uh, like look at an actual object, or maybe like let's say there's like a mug, and the outside is very different, like it's it's black, and the inside is bright pink, you know, so just that sort of very obvious disconnect. But internally, inside us as human beings, which is a lot harder to point out than a mismatched mug. Yeah. Um. And I I, I love mugs. That was sort of my. <laughs> I have a big mug collection. Me too. I so, love mugs right yeah i know i love it in your in your design i'm excited for my little mug on the face on instagram it's very cool oh
0: thank you yes it was like a play so, on you know i don't know if you watched the office and there yeah. yeah there's like a there's a bug that michael scott has called world best boss <laughs> That's so, sad. so i wanted to have a i guess a nod to that little to that cup but yeah yeah
1: I love that. And I definitely, I do know The Office, I never watched all the way through. Oh. I made the mistake of trying to start watching The Office <laughs> on my on my very first day working in an office. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, <laughs> it was so, it was wrong. Yeah. Like, I was, right after I stopped acting, I'm like, I'm going to go temp somewhere. And so I'm like, <laughs> working in this, like my very first reel, like there's a cubicle and a kitchen. And I've never worked in an office before. I'm 23. I'm, you know, I've been acting my whole life. Yeah. I've been in rehearsal rooms so not an office. Yeah. And so I go home and I watch The Office that night, and I'm like, "Oh, this is like really exactly what I just did today. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. exactly it." And it felt too, um, it felt too meta. It felt too real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, going back to your question, I'm very tangential as a writer sometimes. Um, with my inner and outer worlds, I think my inner world was always about storytelling. Ever since I was little, um, like again, as an eight-year-old, I didn't want to go see a musical because I wanted to play with my Barbies because my Barbies, like that was when I first wrote my first stories and plays. My Barbies had some really rich interior lives. Mm. Like the neighbors just moved in, but the parents are in a fight because of what happened on the drive, and mm. you know, the younger Barbie wants to go play, and it's just so it's like these really like very intricate dramas I created with these Barbies. Um, which, of course, seeing seem very exciting for me this summer. But so I go on to have that storytelling, like it sort of scratched by being an actor. But the best part of being an actor for me was, again, creating those backstories and having the internalize my character. Forming was fun, but it wasn't the best part. And so in college, I took my first intro to playwriting class which was so exciting because I finally got to do more of that inner back work and exploring and be with the characters in a way that I wanted to be with them. But then after that, I was like, okay, that was fun back to acting. And similarly to how entrepreneurship was planted a seed, writing also got planted in that class. And, you know, I wrote a play for my senior project. It was incredibly just, such a fulfilling experience. I won the Playwriting Award. Everyone's giving this amazing feedback about how it relates to their mental health journeys. And I'm so grateful. And then I think that's nice. Back to acting. So that this like thing is brewing and brewing, but I'm almost like not listening to it. I'm just thinking, well, I'm not a writer. I'm an actor. And then I eventually decide to take a break from acting and a break from theater, I said. But as I'm experimenting in all these different jobs, temping and associate producing and um development associate and hiring assistant, all these things, I keep writing at the front desk. And writing is the thing that I do when like I don't have a deadline or I don't have a reason to be doing it. I I'm working on a play right now and I'm not it's so niche and so specific that I'm not totally sure who the audience is yet, but I'm just, I love working on it. Writing is that thing that just bubbles the surface in my life. And so I think that bringing our inner and outer worlds together and really bringing our inner worlds to the outside is about making room for all of who we are because bringing out my writer side and bringing out a storytelling side again, like I get to tell stories for a living and nurture that curiosity. And that wouldn't have happened if I had kept telling myself that I wasn't a writer because I'm doing all this about here. Like by day, I'm working in an office, like on the office, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But on the inside, I have this whole other thing going on. And I know, I mean, that's how so many entrepreneurs' journeys start. Like How many people have started their business while working at the job they hate Because they really want to go into this thing. Like, so many countless stories. And I'm so inspired um, by women especially who take these dreams and make them their blueprints. I think Glennon Doyle, who I love, um, said that we don't go to imagination to escape. We go there to see what we want out here. And I think that, yeah, the whole thing about your inner and outer worlds is that... For me, I needed to pay more attention to my inner worlds mm-hmm. and let it be my guide. hmm
0: yeah. That's so beautiful. I I haven't read Glennon Doyle yet. I do want to r- read her book. She has a book. Yes. Um. Yes, she does. That, she has three books. Yeah. You can read all three. Yeah. <laughs> but there's one that Brene Brown mentions, and I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of it, where she talks about untamed, untamed right? Uh, and I, but I I remember listening to. The conversation they were having, I think it was a podcast yep. that they had. Yes. And yes. they were talking about Glennon Doyle's moment of realization mm-hmm. when she goes to the safari with her daughter. Yes. Goddamn cheetah. T- yeah, the yes. cheetah. And I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I. it made me want to read the book. I haven't read it yet. But she's talking about... Glennon Doyle is talking about this safari that she went with her daughter and then the cheetah and watching this cheetah, this really majestic animal and how there's a link to us as women who we can be seen as the cheetahs, right? Like we can be seen as like majestic, powerful creatures and we're tamed just by what we're expected to do what we're what society expects us to be like so that that really stuck with me. And that brings me back to what you were saying about our inner and our outer worlds. Right? Yeah, there's things inside of us that we know we have that we want to share that we want to bring out and we see it, we see the, the possibility and it's just the expectation just sets us back. I like the that that connection between our inner worlds and our outer worlds, and that writing. I think that for many folks, writing and other forms of artistic expression are a way to bridge those the inner and the outer world together. Yes, yeah, so I love that. I, I'm actually trying to come back to that. I feel like writing. When I was in high school, I wanted to become a journalist, and it wasn't until very mm-hmm. recently. I think maybe six months ago that I thought back to what I wanted to be when I was in high school and I realized I never Mm. explored that and now I'm starting to write again and it's starting to I love that yeah so oh yeah yeah. so I I would love to hear more about your writing and like I know you have a blog so definitely we'll be reading that yeah
1: Yeah. And also I'm going to plug, you should definitely get the Untamed um, journal. They have a journal that goes with the oh, book. Oh, really? And that you can use to like write about your own like taming and wild and like, what ideas do you have about this? And like, what do you want to like it It's so good. So I highly recommend awesome.
0: it. Awesome. That is such a good idea to have a journal prompt along with a yep. book. I would never would have thought of that. So yes. creative. You will love it.
1: You will love it. Definitely.
0: And I'm going to put it in the show notes. So if you have, Yay! like, you know, a link or something that for folks that are interested in uh, the book, the Untamed book and the journal prompts, yes. I will put it in the show notes. Oh my God, nothing would make me happier.
1: Glennon is like one of the people in this entire world. So just back to the fact that brought up the top of the story, the cheetah, and Adding this makes me very happy. Glennon liked one of my Instagram posts a few weeks ago, and I stopped what? breathing for like a minute.
0: <laughs> I would have stopped I'm breathing. In. I would be like, "What? You should have pinned it <laughs> at the top."
1: Of- <laughs> I do. Oh, I will. I woke the I woke the neighbors. I totally woke the neighbors. I was like, "My life. Like, forget all my other dreams and goals. Life That's is it. it. That's I'm good. It.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. done. Like, I'm oh my done. God. Definitely pin it. I yes. can go back and look at it. I'll sh- I'll the screenshot. <laughs> yes." <laughs> Yes, share it with the podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. All right. So I do want to move into any challenges because hmm. there's a lot of roles, and I want to get into how you came to this intersection of life coaching because that's yeah. a very, it, it can be very niche but before i do that what sort of challenges have you faced uh, as a life coach and build, building that up and uh, any of your other roles as well
1: yeah yeah there's definitely just the the challenge of getting started and i think that crazily with faith you've having yourself to bet on yourself and think okay i'm going to do this because it would be also very easy not to you know i I tried out a million different jobs between, you know, basically after college, I you know, stopped acting and I try all these different things out. And there was this little voice the entire time thinking, okay, you can go back to acting. You can try to figure out the other things or, you know, what is What is it? What is it? Um, and also with acting, it's worth mentioning that... Right before I decided to stop acting for a while, I had just gotten the big show of my career. Mm-hmm. Like, I got my New York Times review. It was super exciting. Yeah. So there was this, like, oh, God, and now you're just going to, like, do something else? Yeah. That was what everyone mm-hmm. was saying to me. So there was a, there was the challenge of just, like, the idea, the fact that this shift in my life was confusing to those around me. And so I think there's always the challenge of, like, explaining transitions to other mm-hmm. people. Because, you know, you are trying to believe in yourself and you're trying to have this insane amount of confidence. And then you kind of get wrapped up. I get really wrapped up in trying to convince people. Mm-hmm. And I, in my younger years and sometimes now, I very much want validation from people close to me. And I want people to say, like, this is a good move. Lex, or this is great. But you have to learn how to validate yourself and sort of look in the mirror and decide like I'm gonna try this thing out and you know if it all goes south I'm still gonna try it out it's still gonna be worth it and I don't need you know this person this person that person telling me like that's okay to do this support is amazing My, my community is amazing don't get me wrong at all but sort of that I had to give myself permission I think was a challenge so there was that the logistical challenges of like okay well how do I do this how do I do that you know when I started to be a full-time writer like what does mm-hmm. that mean like how am I gonna what what do I need to do like what do I want to write about where am I gonna sit my plays as a life coach getting certification where do I want to go to school like let's find mm-hmm. out about this like who do I connect with let's network so there are those sort of outer challenges of like very much just figuring it out because as you know one, there's so many moving pieces in entrepreneurship, and you're responsible for all of them. And then there's the internal challenge of just like giving yourself a daily pep talk. I definitely give myself a pep talk like probably like three times a day, <laughs> just like it's okay. It's okay. It's either I've got either I've got this or like no one's got this how I'm feeling. like either I'm like, yes, it's amazing and I'm good or like, I'm stressed and everybody else is also stressed. So it's okay that I'm stressed. So I oscillate between those. But yeah, a combination of inner and outer challenges.
0: For mm, sure. Yeah. I was just, uh, I, I had a call earlier, uh, a, a coaching call with, with someone. Ooh, and I... I I don't know what it was. I felt so off. And I was not mm-hmm. sure what was going on I, and you know sometimes i feel that way sometimes it's just nor- neutral but this i had to get up 10 minutes before our call power pose and go to the yes. mirror and literally yes. talk to myself yes. and tell tell yes. that person in the mirror you got this. You can coach this person. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. They are competent, they are confident, and you yep. just are helping them get there. And I had to talk yes. to myself about that for 10 minutes right before the mm-hmm. call because I felt so off and and yeah. sometimes I think I'm okay with that if it's just me, you know, and maybe I'm trying to mm-hmm. write an email, but this was a call that I knew I I really wanted to feel good about and I had to Uh talk to (laughs) myself in the mirror. So it it is definitely a lot of internal. I totally relate to the internal challenges and then simply the logistical Uh needing to figure out how do I create an email list (laughs) Uh or
1: like my taxes and like opening an LLC and like what? What's this? What's that? Like. all these very you mentioned like adulting and like being being our teens like years ago every now and then I just look around and I'm like wait I'm an adult yeah Yeah. really okay and then I'm like yes you're an adult of course you are but I think that every adult will I think adults who don't cop to like sometimes not feel Mm -hmm. like adults are just kidding themselves like we all at least sometimes don't feel like what we're doing absolutely not even the even the most together people Sometimes feel like they have no idea what they're doing, and I've tried to remember that. Yeah,
0: and it's—I think that's the trick. It's reminding yourself that it's Mm -hmm. to come. It sort of it becomes a skill to get yourself back Mm -hmm. to where you need to be to to function. Yeah, (laughs) and like the faster you do it, I think it becomes. I'm starting to realize, like, okay, now. I I know how to do it. Let me just learn how to do this a little faster. Uh, But uh, yeah, still, don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, we both know as coaches how important it is to interrupt those habits and patterns and like find more empowering beliefs and really work with our minds because, you know, our brains don't. I was just writing this in a blog, actually, that I published today um, called. I, I i'm like struggling so the, the style of play on something else but it's um clear clear mind clean sync mm, can't i was lose, just reading it. A play I, on I, I, I read it oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think i Yay. got to like 75
0: percent of it and then yeah
1: yeah i, I have things. to finish it
0: but i i was like mm. girl i i feel <laughs> the same way yeah it was so good
1: thank you thank you so much um and yeah, in there I talk about, you know, the fact that our brains lie to us and the our brains like don't aren't really helping us out sometimes. And I like turn on myself in the words of Elise Myers, who's a fabulous, fabulous, just I struggled to describe her in the blog, but she's on TikTok. She's a singer-songwriter, just all these amazing, cool things she does. But just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's not true. And I don't remember when I heard that, but I do remember hearing that in my early 20s and thinking, oh, I don't have to believe all this stuff I'm carrying around. Interesting. Like, fascinating. (laughs) And I just like having that option, even if we don't always act on it, just knowing it's an option. Was very groundbreaking mm, for me. Yeah,
0: I think that's that's the core yeah. of coaching. I think, and and even just even people who are coaches, right? They need coaches too. They need this reminder too. <laughs> oh my god! Of course, you know? I'm an yeah. amazing coach.
1: Absolutely,
0: my coach is yes. wonderful. Yeah, and as a, as much as we understand the concepts and can really bring that out for the people we work with, we need that reminder too. We need the state. Yeah, absolutely. So.
1: Absolutely,
0: it's, I I'm with you there. Thanks. Okay, so you do have many roles, you wear many hats. How do you know? Like you said, I think you you did allude to this a little bit. Like you're not from nine to five, you're not you're not a life coach, you know. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. but how do you then know where to focus on, where to get yourself grounded in, and yeah, how do you know? what to work on.
1: Yeah, that's a great question and a daily mm-hmm. question. I don't always strike the right balance. It's it's tricky. You know, I have the support of my amazing coach. Um I have an amazing therapist. Having support is really important. And, you know, seeing how other people are doing things and okay, what tools can I use to optimize my time and you know all of that fun stuff. But I think it also comes down to thinking about seasonality. Which is really important for me, like with the scholarship fund, for example, we have a couple of key times of the year, like when we do our applications in the Mm -hmm. spring, when we bring in our new scholars in the summer, and then end of year is heavy fundraising time with, you know, giving Tuesday and end of year annual fundraising and all that kind of fun stuff. So you can kind of look and think, okay, here are some big times, maybe I'm not going to also launch an insane project, something else in this area at the same time. Or maybe I have to do something else in this area. So now I know, okay, this is going to have to shift over here. Just having that sort of long view, I think, and trying to, uh, when I can plan, but at least just like have a forecast of what's to come so that I know, okay, you know, if October's going to be really busy, maybe September can be a little lighter in some ways. If there's going to be a lot going on in this area, like how can I make all the puzzle pieces fit together and really examine what needs to get done in a way where I don't feel too spread thin, where I can give the attention to everyone that I need to, and also to myself. So it's really a daily, it's a a daily practice. And also it's that zoom out and just to look at everything before, you know, you're in the middle of it. I think that without that future planning, and the daily check-ins, it can be really easy to just feel like there is a mountain of things to do at all times and overwhelm and burnouts are really, really real. And things that i I don't think are very fun. I don't think anyone thinks they're very fun, but very, very slippery slope to get into without that without the right tools.
0: It, it's a yeah it's so common because I think what's harder about? especially when you own your own business and you're managing all of your own projects and creative projects and everything that you have going on where the accountability for it is yourself, I think that sometimes it's hard to prioritize and figure out what is important here because everything is important, especially if it's for you, right? If it's like your own business and your own projects and everything. And I... I, I love what you said about zooming out and having being reminded to do that because I think when we're, we care so deeply about something, care about oh, our yeah. business, our clients, yeah. our projects, the clients we serve is with you, you serve nonprofit yeah. clients, students. like that is very that's work that requires your commitment, your accountability. And that reminder, you have to constantly be reminded to zoom out, even if it's not you, if someone else can do that with you, because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in everything that you're doing, especially with all of the things you're doing are your babies.
1: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And I think we can often see, like we we translate passion into urgency so quickly. I care so much. I have to get it right now, just right now. And, like you mentioned too, zooming out mm-hmm. with somebody can be so important. Like having a coach, a therapist, a community yes. of people, um, like we yeah. met through with Kita Zuetta, who has her own yes. fabulous podcast. Um, you just have to, uh, yeah, stay accountable to everything that you have taken on and also stay accountable to yourself. Because I think that it can just get. It's really easy to forget, but it's such a privilege that I get to do all this work. And, you know, when I'm sitting down with a client, like, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life unless it's mm-hmm. a true emergency. Um, and really, you know, something I've learned along the way from several fantastic mentors is that we often use the word emergency a bit too loosely in culture. Like my, um, my agent said to me, you know, I answer my email Monday through Friday's on the weekends, like I will get to it, but maybe just save it for Monday because there is no such thing as a playwright emergency. And I was like, yeah, that's super true. That's super, super true. And coming out of, you know, being an actor and one auditions whenever, and you know, bosses who treat you like your time mm-hmm. is just theirs. That was so important to me. And so I think setting those boundaries also really helps you prioritize Um but yeah, coming back to the fact that it's a privilege. And so when I sit in front of a client, you know, I really try my best and like just have 15 to 30 minutes before and I'm just doing what I need to do to make sure that I'm not mm-hmm. thinking about anything mm-hmm. but the person in front of me. And that's so true with any endeavor in life, especially in life coaching. I want to create that safe space. I want to be so present with you because the work you're doing is so emotional and open and vulnerable and hard work that I want to yeah. fully support you in. So I think it's essential that I'm able to, you know, where I love wearing mm-hmm. all of these hats, but my my, my my nightmare would be for anyone to to feel like, oh, I have this person in front of me and they're just, you know, writing an email and also hitting a call yeah. and doing this, like that. So the idea of busyness... A status Mm. symbol is something I really really can't get behind. I really, that is not my favorite thing in the world at all. And I've gone a couple different directions here. But yeah, I think that the more I can figure out, you know, what's going where and scheduling and all of these things, the more I have that room for myself and for people who matter to me and that presence. So good.
0: The boundaries, so important. Yes. Mm-hmm. righty. Mm-hmm. So I do, I want to get into just how you feel about in general, like entrepreneurship and like what you've heard of entrepreneurship. Yeah. I think there's folks that, mm-hmm. you know, romanticize it and I'm wondering what sort of things that you've learned about entrepreneurship, and maybe it was early in your journey, but that maybe you weren't on board with, and maybe sort of contradicted just who you are as a person and what you value. And like I share, I'll just share like a quick example for me was just me thinking about. Please. Yeah. When I started this journey and this business, I was sort of blocked by this idea that I was participating in mm-hmm. capitalism because I was starting my own business. And mm-hmm. I'm like, is um... that what I'm doing? How do I deal with that? And because when you think about business, entrepreneurship, that's sort of like where my mind used to go. And it really rubbed against the values that I hold around anti-racism and anti and. I'm wondering if any if, if you've ever thought about that or like is, has any principles about entrepreneurship didn't sit well with you, if if at all.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And absolutely here with you thinking deeply about the structures that we're in and liberating from those structures. I totally hear you with analyzing, you know, capitalism and thinking about the ways that we're contributing to structures that we critique in different ways with entrepreneurship for me the biggest thing that contradicts my way of doing things at all probably uh, yeah yeah the solo nature of being an entrepreneur I think that you know there's this kind of like there's part of this girl boss like you know feminism movement that I love like and I'm here for but then there's this kind of like I'm doing it all in my, by myself, and I'm badass, and I can take on the world. And, you know, there probably was a time, and there definitely was a time, when I was younger and thought, yeah, I can do this mm-hmm. and that, and I'm doing everything. And I mm, no longer yeah. want to do everything. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, I don't want to do everything, and I do not want to do it myself. So uh, the idea of, like, just because I can do it... Mean that I should do it. And I think there is this idea of you know, especially early on, entrepreneurs having to, you know, do everything and be really, really grateful just all the time. Be grateful for every opportunity coming your way. And ah, uh, yeah, I'm big, big, big um, cheerleader of gratitude. But if an opportunity comes my way that is not aligned with me, It doesn't sit well in my heart. I have said yes mm-hmm. in the past too many an opportunity that was not right for me because I was taught to be grateful and to not really do those kinds of check-ins with myself. So um, yeah, the idea that I have to say yes to everything and do everything myself.
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I think it's such a common feeling when it comes to entrepreneurship. And I think it's because of within the context of the United States, it's such an individualistic country and society that it's, it permeates, like, especially our career. If you're a woman of color and BIPOC or coming from cultures that are more collective than individualistic, it's going to misalign. I'm glad that you said that because you don't realize it, I think, until later that that can sometimes be holding you back. It's just this idea of you having to do everything yourself yeah. and then you you try to do everything yourself mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Yeah. Or, you know, it might work
1: for other people. It's really great for other people if you're doing everything and it might bring you a lot of success, but it's not going to work for you in the long term it's not it's just it's not and I there's very much a younger version of me like listening to this thinking oh my god no of course it's gonna work I can make anything work what are you talking about Alexa but
0: yeah yeah Yeah. do you ever feel that your upbringing in New York played a part in in just like I wanna I wanna experience like just everything that there is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I love New York. I, being a native New Yorker is a core part of my identity. The city has made me who I am in just so many different ways. And there are also things that I can't stand about it all the time, obviously, as well. Of course, I'll get very defensive when people who aren't here criticize it because <laughs> only you know, we can yeah. criticize it. Um but as far as it has influenced my career, you know, as an actor and a writer, it's such an incredible city for the art. So I grew up I grew up with a sense of, okay, I was born in the place that I want to be. So there was this excitement and this sort of relief around, okay, I'm going to graduate from college and come right back here and be an actor or a writer or something. Um, and I think that... As far as, you know, the hustle bustle culture of things goes, yeah, that is something that I did not really think about or come to terms with until adulthood, because, you know, coming back to the same place that you're from, after any kind of transition, college or, uh, you know, long job, anything, you kind of have to re-examine your relationship with the place. Because, like, I I grew up uh, in Saibuson Town which is down by Avenue A, 14th Street, all of that. Um, and so people will always ask me, oh, you know, any fun places to go out and hang out? And I'm like, I know some really cool playgrounds. Like, what's all I've got for you? You're, you know, you're... The city that you know as an adult is very different than the city you know as a 12-year-old. Um, and yet, yeah, there is this subconscious. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a really fast walker. I, I very much... Can't always relax in a certain way, like a public transit and different places. And there's different, you know, contrasts when I travel that are always kind of funny for my friends to point out and different ways. But I definitely have craved a slower pace in the last mm-hmm. few years, especially after COVID. Being in the city during COVID was incredibly scary and very eerie, as it was for, you know, everyone around the world. But seeing the way that things went so quiet was so, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so jarring. And I think that even after the pandemic ended, my life stayed pretty quiet in terms of, you know, I'm not getting on buses and subways and everywhere the way with the same, you know, just laissez-faire like whenever as I used to like okay let's just go because I'm thinking about risks and I'm thinking about you know safety and you know yeah. resurgences and all these things and so it has been very interesting to try to lead a quiet yeah. and slower life in a mm-hmm. city that never sleeps which is so <laughs> I can't believe I just said that oh god I'm gonna cringe so
0: hard when I listen to this I can't oh, I said Don't. that You're Um, a writer, so it doesn't, sometimes we think, I think that writers are like, oh, I can't believe I said that, but you're still human. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. A a thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate
1: that. And I know that. But yeah, there is that contrast of, again, the inner and outer worlds, right? Of the world around me being very fast paced and busy and then being able to carve out a quieter Existence, and I guess with how that relates to entrepreneurship. You know, I'm I'm very like yes, I'm doing a couple of different things. I'm multi and I have multiple passions, but I think really carefully about what I allow into my life and what I want to take on, and there has to be some slowness and intentionality to that. That I guess does yeah like fight against the natural rhythm of New York, but. At the same time, I think that New York does have its slow side and its cozy side and, you know, just a different um, pace to things in different places. And I also will say that sort of opposite of all that, I am really comfortable in the chaos. And I think that that has served me really well in a lot of business settings, even though I don't like being in chaotic settings and I certainly don't. And good badge of honor to like function really well in craziness and stress and no sleep and great schedules and meetings here and there and there, like all of that. I, I, I do function pretty well in chaos and like pivoting and changing plans in a way that, yeah, I think New York yeah. has been. Yeah. And my
0: favorite way. part was in the winter staying in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just I feel you. Watching, feel you. watching feel you. the, the you. snowfall and just knowing, okay, well, let
1: me just read a book. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. But then there also is like the, okay, I have to get like downtown in like half an hour and mm, like the kind of yeah. like challenge of like putting on your snow boots and your jacket and someone cuts you off and now you have to like... Something a little bit fun about that too, which I I... <laughs> I know it's no, fun, but it's I seriously, a it's, I, I, I it's like. Something. No,
0: there, I That's, totally relate <laughs> because I remember like having, I used to live next to the 456 and I used to travel from, I at, towards the end of my time there, I would travel from Flatbush all the way to East Harlem, but I lived next Ooh, to the train okay. and both my apartment was next to the train and my job was next to the train. So I would... Challenge myself to just That's nice. book it and still yeah. not be ashamed to stop by the Starbucks. And I was needed at my desk five minutes earlier. <laughs> so but I you needed, needed the Starbucks. The latte, you needed so, the Starbucks. You know, and you can't like like if you're gonna place a uh, Starbucks right it's... here, right out of the subway, like you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you yep. yeah. You want me to go? <laughs> exactly. It's disrespectful for me not you're, to go. Exactly, like you're asking me to come.
1: Yeah. yeah. What years were you with New York during?
0: Oh, I was there. Uh, yeah, I moved there 2013, and then I didn't leave until 20. Okay, gotcha. 21. Yeah. So 2021. Nice. Yeah, I just moved so back recently to, to LA here. Yeah. And I seriously, yeah. I, I consider it. Nice. I tell my partner all the time, you know, what if I really miss just having a bodega down the street and having just the accessibility. Of course you do. I can't, you, I can't walk out of my apartment right now. And I, I would literally have to drive five minutes to go and get like a sandwich. <laughs> so, oh. and driving five minutes, that's a 30 minute walk. True. <laughs> that's not, which I can do. True. I know you can't I know you can't walk in LA I know
1: you like I've tried so hard to walk in LA so many times and I always end up like on a freeway having to call an uber from a gas station and it's always like what's wrong with me but you would have to walk outside and do five minute drive but you would not be like covered in sweat when you got there because the humidity is not as bad so you have that trade-off
0: but I I just love yeah. that's what I do miss <laughs> about Being in New York is having the accessibility to a bodega, to the Starbucks. (laughs) I miss that. Yeah. Well, we're always, we're always here. You are a Grey's Anatomy fan. Yeah. I don't know what season, are are you like fully caught up? Because I'm on season nine. So I was literally, I was just watching like before we recorded
1: and I'm in the recent season. I don't want to give anyone any spoilers. Who's, are listening but also we mentioned the show so like if you don't watch Greasing Me just like take the put out for a minute um <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the so this is the point when the spoilers are coming this is how it's happening guys I am in the current season and do you know what's happening in the current season because season nine is a bit behind
0: and- I know it came out a long time ago right and I actually tried a long time ago to watch and before streaming I couldn't get on the schedule like I there was always something going on so I couldn't watch in real time mm-hmm. now that we have streaming obviously yeah. i am binging to the core <laughs> in of the course. morning during yes. lunch, at night while i'm you know in yes. the bath. ah <laughs> uh, <yes>. maybe tmi <laughs> but i'm in season nine so this is and for folks who if you want to watch don't listen to this part if you don't care i'm in season nine and i'm at this lexi just died That was so hard (sighs) for me.
1: Wow. And now our night is... And now good (laughs) nights. I cannot. I... uh, Yeah. And I'm just thinking about... Like, so you only watch up to this point. You you haven't watched past this part.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Buckle up. There's so much... There's so much to come. So much I was literally... I was just outside crying. I was like, I've just got to get it together for this podcast and stop, like, literally... I just watched this afternoon and like each episode made me cry. Each one. I'm a little <laughs> dramatic. I do yeah. cry quite often. I have like, you know, like
0: yeah
1: a big range of
0: emotions created over here. But oh, Alexa. We're gonna I'm gonna have to come back with you and just sort of process because it was yeah. that that episode I was I literally didn't want to keep watching. I was like, why? And you know what's crazy is that I'm mm-hmm. binging. So I'm not... Oh, yeah. You know, imagine... There's no... Yeah, yeah So there's no space in between. It, yeah. You know, if, if you were to watch this way back whenever it was on, I think during this time was 2012. And so you're still watching with space in between. And you're... The time that lapses in between each episode and yeah. just the time... For every season, it's, it's right. enough to create a, yep. like, a real emotional bond to these characters. And right. oh, I'm yeah. binging and it's still making me cry. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And like, they're still going. Like, you cannot catch up because they are still like, the strike is going on right now, of course. But it's still going. They've been renewed.
0: But yeah, so... I just I I can't believe that it's still going on, <laughs> one. But I'm also glad that it is because great. Yep. And it just makes me, it's, it's so comforting yep. to me just because there's so much emotional. Like you said, there's like an emotional range that happens throughout each episode, every one of them with all the different characters. And I go through a lot. Of, I'm also a very emotional character and person in general. Yeah. I just like I literally sometimes will wake up and I'm like I said, like, oh, what is wrong with me today? And I have to like figure out how to get myself back to function or baseline. But oh, yeah are there and so that's that's sort of what I do for for self care and I will eat lunch and binge watch and sometimes it will I have to x out of because I watch it on my laptop so I have to x out of my window and like take it off take it off because I will continue and I will not get anything <laughs> done are there any pleasures that you also take part in that feel comforting around your self-care
1: yeah so I'm also a big race mm-hmm. fan and all the Shonda Lance shows I think Shonda Rhimes is a genius so I've watched all of her shows I didn't finish um had to get away with murder yet because I was watching that at the same time as scandal was finishing and became too much so I need to go back and finish that but I've watched all of her other shows so I recommend That's them next all for sure um if I'd have a good binge watch though I definitely Love a good podcast. I got really into podcasts during the pandemic. So I listened to the one you mentioned earlier with Brene, um, is how I found Glenn Doyle and her podcast is amazing. So I love that. I uh, love going for a good walk with my friends. Honestly, just prioritizing like at least one hangout a week with my best friend and just hanging out, whether it's movie night with her puppy or getting coffee or just that time together feels so important to me. Um yeah, being outside in the summer and the winter, I think especially when you know seasonal affective disorder and all of that starts up, just going for a quick walk can really restart my senses. And yeah, yeah, those are the ones that first come to mind. I definitely also have a like not consistent but like semi-consistent yoga practice. I'm trying to make more regular And one of my other best friends is an amazing yoga instructor, Mark Malone. They are just phenomenal. So they hold me a little little bit accountable there, which is nice. And I always feel so much better after a good session on the mat.
0: Be two more questions and we can wrap up. (laughs) Okay. So I was reading on, I was on your website. I really love the message that you have around authenticity And what does authenticity mean to you? And how do you, how can someone tap into their authenticity for their business?
1: Yeah, yeah. Authenticity is one of my core values. It really is everything to me, my personal life and professional life. And being authentic, put quite simply, Is about being who you are not you know your best self most productive self just yourself it's the core of who we are it's the insides of us it's what makes me me what makes you you and when i think about people can bring more authenticity into their lives and specifically into their work but i think the tool or the sentiment that i would leave for today is really thinking about who you are when no one's watching. Thinking about who is that self. I like to think of it as my 3 a.m. self sometimes. Like, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep and you kind of just do whatever you want. I think just that level of freedom and like, okay, it's three o'clock in the morning. I have nothing else to do. If I email someone, <laughs> they're going to think I have no boundaries. Like, what am I just going to do with myself? Like, who am I going to be right now? I'm not saying to, you know, be in your pajamas and watch grades like I do in the middle of night sometimes, but just sort of connecting to who you are on the inside like that when you're by yourself and when you're with people who you're most comfortable with. And like, what would you do and how would you show up if that self was going to, you know come into the room like you've been working on a really big presentation at work and during the day you're not getting anywhere and you're having limiting beliefs and it's hard to work with different collaborators and all these things but in the middle of the night this great idea comes to you and you're like i don't know if this is possible but if i could do this thing i would try it like that or if we had these resources i would do this and there's just a freedom there that we Retreat to inside of ourselves when we have that freedom within. And so, yeah, authenticity is showing up as that person when it's not 3 a.m., when sun is up, when people are around, and finding the people who will celebrate, not tolerate, but celebrate your authenticity and nourish it and help you cultivate it. Because if you're not in a place where all of you is celebrated, it's gonna be so much harder to let that person out because that that part of you isn't gonna feel safe. So I think that, yeah, as entrepreneurs, as people, as women, as people of color, we have to be in spaces where we are safe and free and encouraged and celebrated to be all of who we are but we've convinced ourselves that oh well because you know Beatrice is doing xyz and she's successful I should do xyz and be successful oh and Glenn Doyle said this so I should do that like and we have convinced ourselves that our best selves somehow have to look like other people's best selves and best self is really like at your best and is your best like you know killing yourself trying to be like somebody else and not be authentic and all these things or is it you like in your optimal state like with people around you as your best with a good night's sleep as your best like with your eight glasses of water as your best i think we've kind of gotten caught up in best as a competitive thing and not really a what's best for me way and your best today is different tomorrow best changes it all changes do not apologize for your ambition and passion. Trust your gut. Find your community, you know, virtually in person, even online through thought leaders and podcasts you love like Glennon's and people who tell you that they know everything. I always tell young people, it's a lie. It's a lie. I always tell young people when I do, you know, like career conferences at my alma mater's, honestly stay far away from people who are convinced they know everything because people the people in this world who actually do know quite a lot and are the most successful are the first people who will tell you they don't know everything they will absolutely do that and i just think that's a really important thing when you're first starting out at anything on any age. you just feel so inexperienced and so meek especially as women we're like oh i have so much to learn from you and all of these things, which yeah, can be important, but no one knows everything. And even if they do know something, you also, you also know things. It's not just like when you're starting off in a new venture. You know, when I first became a life coach, you know, I felt very, of course, new at it. And I out my footing. And then one day it kind of hit me. Yeah, I'm, I'm new at life coaching, but I'm not new at life. And I do have a lot of experiences that make me capable and qualified here. And that was just in the beginning, which was a while ago. And so just, you know, you ask for one thing, I gave you a million things, like a writer and like a rambler. (laughs) But uh, just that sense of self-confidence and just that intuition, I think it's just so important to carry because everything else will come. Like, I'm not going to tell you something that was secret sauce about, you know, how to use QuickBooks or this or that. Like, You will figure it out and you can figure anything out if you have the right community and that belief in yourself. I really, I really do
0: believe that. Awesome. Where can we find you and how can people work with you?
1: Yeah. So my website, just my name, AlexaWanitaJordan.com is the hub for all of the things. And then you can find me on Instagram at Jordan or at Alexa Jordan coaching. Or at Wild Cozy Free for my blog, and all those you know, th- um, additional handles are under the main one, Luxwani to Jordan. You can work with me as a life coach in one-to-one coaching. I would absolutely love to hear from you and see if we're a good fit. You can work with me as a marketing consultant to work on brand strategy and social media content, and also as a writer if you want to collaborate on a project. And of course, if you know any scholars who would be interested in our scholarship, you can always reach out and head to our website, jjmsf.org, and our Instagram handle is on the um, page there, too.
0: Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you so
1: much. Uh, Likewise, it was just so wonderful to be here with you. I'm so inspired by your story as well and just so grateful to be in community together.
0: All right, that was Alexa Juanita Jordan, y'all. Make sure you go follow her, visit her page, her blog, and check out her socials. Come on over to the show notes to visit her corner of the internet. And of course, to know more about her nonprofit, the Juanita James Memorial Scholarship Fund at jjmsf.org. I also include a link to Glennon Doyle's books, that we mentioned earlier and I know I gotta get myself those books so I'll definitely be doing that soon but here's what I'm taking away from my conversation with Alexa. Number one is our inner self doesn't always reflect our outer self. If you believe that may be true for you I would say look back. What were some early experiences or things that you love to do that could give you a glimpse into your inner self. Number two, you can go through different pivots in life that confirm your entrepreneurial spirit. We all go through these different stages and questions in our lives. And when we make brave choices, like Alexa did, it is a reminder that you're more of an entrepreneur than you think, which leads me to number three. Your authentic self is the person at 3 a.m. who has ideas and thoughts and brings them out, not just at 3 a.m., but when the sun is up. So if you recall, you know, we sometimes have those moments where we can't sleep. I know I have those moments when we can't sleep and we have so many thoughts. And some of those things that we think about, ideas that we come up with our head, when we wake up in the morning, those sometimes, sometimes those ideas are gone. But what Alexa is saying is bring those ideas to life. Come back to those ideas. Come back to those thoughts. And that is what can bring out your authenticity in your work and in the business that, that you have. Once again, thank you all for being here. Please come back to social media. Tag Alexa and myself on any of the posts for this episode and let us know your thoughts, any questions, and please share, like, and follow us on the socials. Remember please to leave a review or leave a rating. And if this episode or any other episode that you listened to has served you or you've learned something from it in any way, I would truly, truly appreciate your review on Apple, on Spotify, and spread the word. We have at least two more episodes for you this season. I want to say two, maybe three. So stay tuned. I may have a bonus. So overall, come back every Monday for new episodes. And I hope you guys take care. Bye.